Hey everyone and welcome to Already Cancelled, I am Peter, that is Tara, and we are going to talk about The Twilight Zone Season 2, Episode 13. It is called Back There. So, full spoilers for the episode as always. This is a time travel episode, our main character is named Pete Corrigan, and he leaves at the bay at a, you know, gentleman's club, I, I, I guess. It's one, it's one of these old-fashioned things that you see in TV shows and movies that I don't really... I mean, maybe I'm just not part yeah, of that. just a bunch of old people smoking together with nice outfits. And, yeah, and playing cards. Maybe there's cards involved, yeah. Oh, yeah so, sometimes they play cards. Uh, but they're having a debate about time travel. Not unlike me might do, if we're talking about a movie, and the, the guy's like, I don't accept this nonsense. Uh, he's like, I'm tired, I'm going to go home, I'm going to go to bed. And for some reason... And that reason being, he's in the Twilight Zone, <laughs> is he walks out the door and he's back in time uh, to the night that Abraham Lincoln was assassinated. And he slowly, well, he quickly realizes he's back in time, to be fair. It doesn't take that long for him to kind of clock that concept. But then when he, he slowly realizes that that's the date that he's in and maybe makes a choice to try and intervene because oh, like, you can't let the president be shot, which is relevant to the conversation that we were having at the start of the episode and the country club because the men were talking, one was arguing that, oh, if you went back in time, you could change things. And someone says, no, you can't because it's already happened. You can't change it, even if you did go back. So that is the, the general premise of the episode. Uh, so Tara, what did you think of back there? I thought it was pretty fun. I liked this episode. It was... Uh... A concept that we've explored before watching science fiction films and uh it's like if you have an opportunity to change a historical event would you or even could you like would the universe allow it um it was fun yeah and this episode actually has a kind of interesting answer honestly at the end uh yeah that, that i wasn't expecting uh, I, I will say I, I will pick some holes in the debate they're having at the start because like the the one guy who's like adamant oh you can go back and change things the example he uses is that if you went back to the day before the stock market crashed in 1929 you could like you know protect yourself by doing all these things with your stocks and i'm like yeah but if you just went back in time and arrived that day then you wouldn't have any money in the stock market to, to do anything with <laughs> where are all these stocks coming from <laughs> I, yeah. I, it felt like a flawed debate to me but that's not here though there. Uh, I, I enjoyed the episode well enough. Um, it's a little bit predictable in places. Do you know what it really made me think of, bizarrely? And not what? just and not just because they mentioned H.G. Wells, but I got some serious Time After Time vibes from this. Yeah. Uh, in reverse, because they go back in time. But That's interesting, because the other episode that featured the same actor, the guy who was in Gilligan's Island, who played the professor, was in another time travel episode that I thought was like time after time, because it brought a murderer to the future. <laughs> yeah, it was because eventually, obviously, the uh, the assassin, uh, Booth, he, because he, when when the main character, Corrigan, realizes what data is, because he, he goes to a street that he, he lives on, or used to live on, and it's all new when he expects it to be old and the landlady there is kind of like thinking he's a bit crazy and but she's all impressed when he says he's an engineer because you know that's probably quite impressive in that time period and sure. and it probably means he could pay rent yeah that's true yes and there's like a soldier who comes down and he's taking his missus to a plane they're all excited and there's just mm -hmm. a random line from the land say, oh you know make sure you, you you clap for the president and he says wait a minute what did you just say president at a play <laughs> At the theater, what show is it? 
if, if i had asked you i mean i actually can't remember it because we watched this last night but if i had asked you before this episode what play lincoln was seeing when he got shot would you have been able to tell me no idea yeah i, I would yeah i, I would not know nor, nor would I have known the date, because once he realizes that this is this date, he actually says the date out loud, and I'm like, yeah, I, mean, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what date Lincoln got He shot. admits that he didn't know if it was at what time the, the play was. Like, that was the one detail he had, he didn't know. <laughs> yeah, that would be far-fetched if he knew that, though. Like, what time yeah. the play started. Like, at least what... he had some limitations. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, don't get me wrong. I, all those details, I buy that someone who's at least into history or maybe had to learn sure. that particular thing at school. Like he's very educated. Yeah, I'm sure. Like he paid attention in history class and or just like being around the, the those groups of people who just have those types of intellectual discussions. Maybe remember things like that faster. I don't know. Yeah, I, uh, I don't know anyone intelligent that I can talk to. So. I apologize to the audio listeners because there was a visual <laughs> gag there when Tara said that where I, I looked straight at her with this look of upset, like my, my feelings betrayal. were hurt. Yes, betrayal. <laughs> yes, that's the word. I was betrayed. Uh, <laughs> so once he realizes what's happened, he starts yelling, or he actually he goes to the police station. He goes to the local police station and starts yelling about the president being assassinated. And or actually, no, I think there's like a policeman drags him in because he was yelling outside. Either way, mm-hmm. he ends up at the police station. Well, he he's banging on the outside of the theater door. Oh, that's right, that's right, that's why he gets arrested. You're right. He's <laughs> Which bang- I remember because when he's banging it, you could see like the the brick part of the building mm. also moving <laughs> every time he knocked. Not the first time we've encountered that issue with the sets on Twilight Zone. Uh, no. with, with Universal things. Studios really needs to up their game. Yeah, <laughs> too too much wobbling on the walls. But the uh, yeah, so you guys take it to the to the the, the, the police station and. After he's in for like a minute, in walks a mysterious figure, and he says his name's whatever, he doesn't use his real name, but I immediately went, oh, that's the guy that's going to kill. <laughs> like, I, you know, I was like, I, I'm, I'm I thought ho- he was like a magician or something. He had such like a, I don't know, a flourish about the way he spoke and moved, but he turns out he's an actor, so that makes sense too. <laughs> yeah, because I, I felt like it was just, it was so obvious that the reason why whoever this guy was, the reason why he showed up is because he'd heard that, like, how could he know that? How could he know that I was going to do that tonight? And that's why yeah. he came in. Uh, what I thought was weird, like, what were the rules exactly? Could you just walk out of the police? I'll, I will take responsibility will for take that prisoner. This crazy person. <laughs> I'll take him <laughs> home, and I'll be responsible for anything he does. And the police was like, "Oh, that's one less for us to deal with." Yeah, thank you kindly. Yeah, they're they're very impressed by him. You know, the way he walks in, he's so confident, and he's got a great mustache. <laughs> yeah. I heard that John Wilkes Booth was actually quite well known at the time, so it would be unlikely that that he wouldn't have been recognized because that's... he was like a pretty well known theater actor. Oh, that's fair. Maybe, maybe they didn't go out their way to make this super accurate. I guess not everybody's into the theater. Like, <laughs> true, true. Uh, I mean, that's a, that's a fair point. Like, like I mean, I don't know any theater actors unless they also happen to be movie actors. That, well, that, I wouldn't know. that is our theater. True. Like if Tom yeah. Cruise walked in, would you be like, um, you're Tom Cruise. So no, you cannot take our prisoner. Or yes, you can and bring him to space with you. <laughs> I, I think my instant reaction would be, you're very sure. Actually, <laughs> actually, I like the idea of like, if I could keep the poker face going, just pretend I have no idea who they are. I'm not mm. filling their ego. I'm not letting them know I know who they are. Like, uh, sir, what's your name? Sounds like you're just shy. 
<laughs> What's your name, sir? Cruz, how do you spell that? <laughs> C-R-U-Z? Like that actress, Penelope Cruz. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, she's good. <laughs> anyway. anyway um, so, he takes him back to his place. That sounds like it's going in a weird direction. In fact, not only that, he takes him back to his place and then roofies him. So that sounds like it's going in a very specific direction that I don't mean to be, to be sounding. But he, <laughs> so 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 Booth takes takes uh, Corrigan Car- back to his place. Uh, gives him some hypnol. Gives him some booze, <laughs> which is which is spiked, so that he'll pass out, just so he can't interfere, so that you know he's going to go off to the theater and do his business. Well, um, I mean, Booth isn't a murderer. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yes. It, yeah very good he but he this is the thing so there's one policeman in the police station who's kind of like you know like he was so sure of this thing happening maybe we should just post a couple of extra guards and the you know the, the guy in charge is like don't be ridiculous we can't just do anything in the one of a madman like don't be silly and this 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 policeman like shows up at the apartment he's, he's came looking for him and it's when he finds him and they're getting he's getting him up off the floor after he's waking up that and this was actually kind of a weird moment from like a, a logic point of view because they just hear people outside yelling the president's been killed and I'm like, yeah, where are they hearing that from? Like, like what's outside? Like I don't know. It just it, it just cut to this random word person mouth, outside. You know, yeah. spread fast. All those carrier pigeons spreading the word fast. It was just it was a weird moment, but yeah. yeah. So it's basically like okay, this proves that no, this was true. This is what happened, and like. This is what changes the future because when he comes back to the present day, because he he goes to the, because when because when he's leaving the country club at the start of the episode before he leaves, like there's like there's like a doorman who lets him out, <laughs> and when he comes back at the end, there's a different doorman, and he's like, oh, where's William? Where's William the doorman? He's like, there's no William that works here, sir. And he goes back in and he goes to his table, and there's like an extra person, and it's the doorman who's now got a fancy suit and is is just as rich as everyone else, and. They say, "Oh, it's like, what are you doing here? You, you were the doorman." He's like, I can assure you, sir, I've never been a doorman. He gets all offended, and <laughs> he's like, "Oh, how did you get your fortune?" And he's like, "Oh, my grandfather. You know, my, my it's a weird thing. My great grandfather, yeah. uh, you know, was convinced that the president was going to be shot before it happened, and no one ever figured out how, but everyone remembered them. So he ended up getting a business for himself, and he made his millions. <laughs> and it, you know, and it's this weird thing. So essentially, what the episode is kind of presented at the end, and." This is actually very Doctor Who, bizarrely, is that there's, like, events in time that are fixed that cannot be changed because they're too important to the timeline. But all the other, all the other little things around it, they can be changed. So this person, like, this family becoming rich because of what happened, that's okay. But you can't change Lincoln being shot because that's, like, a fixed thing in time. I still don't know why you predicting somebody would get shot would make you rich. I don't understand that either. Uh, if anything, <laughs> he made millions off of it, and even his great grandson is, you know, swimming in inheritance money. I feel like if someone predicted an assassination now, what would happen is that everyone would be suspicious of you, that you were in on it in some way, and would never trust sure. you again. I feel like that's what would actually be your legacy: is that you'd be looked at with suspicion for the rest of your life. Not, yeah, we'll give you money because you're clearly a a well-deserving individual of my income of of my. Uh, disposable income yeah whatever. we don't we don't buy the whole nostradamus theories anymore <laughs> yeah so a little bit a little bit weird in that sense but i kind of appreciate that it wasn't just you can change things or you can't i kind of like that it went 
in the middle and said, no, some things you can change, but some stuff's important to the history and they can't be changed. It is, it is fun to have an answer. Like, I liked watching the episode wondering, like, are they going to address the question of, like, what happens if he changes history? Because, you know, we dealt with a film like that before, um, Final Countdown, where it's like, okay, they're they're asking the question, but they're not actually committing to an answer. And in this, like, yeah, they give you an answer and it's kind of a fun solution. It's a little bit of a surprise. I think, yeah, I think the problem is if they, if they went down the road of, like, okay, you can't change anything, I don't think he actually does enough to try and stop the murder from happening to really feel like, oh, he tried. Well, he, like, he's... He yeah. he tries. He just he gets arrested and then he gets <laughs> drugged and a magician steals him and he gets a free handkerchief out of it. Yeah, yeah. That part actually. That if I have a complaint about the time travel in this, all on the fact that it just happens for no reason, just randomly because he was talking about time travel. Yeah, he just is that he brings that handkerchief back to present day with him with the initials of Booth on it. But yeah, all of his clothes change. Like when he goes back in time, all his clothes change to like you know a suit made of that time period. And then when he comes back to the present day, he has his like modern like you know business suit on again. It's just his souvenir from the Twilight Zone. All right, sure. I call <laughs> shenanigans on the logic here. That's not quite adding up. But uh, Joe, honestly, it's, a, it's an enjoyable episode. It's not like a standout one, I think, because there are these issues. Like, I, I think the time travel in this, don't think about it too hard. Just have fun with the idea that this this guy yeah. realizes he's back in that day and that, that just have fun with it on that level. But it's definitely Yeah, I not... think it's a perfectly fun episode, but it's not like a... Yeah. Yeah, it's not like a memorable one. It's it's not posing the questions hard enough or or doing anything poignant with them to really make mm -hmm. it stand out. In he terms doesn't of... come back and like the Nazis are running America or anything like that. Like, <laughs> it's just one guy is now a millionaire. <laughs> yeah, which I mean, nothing changing could be really impactful, depending on what he did to try and change it. But it doesn't feel like they earned like a big like, oh, I did everything I could, and yeah, I couldn't change something. It didn't really feel like that because it felt so separated from it you know it felt like he, he, oh he ran into the killer briefly and it's whatever but you know um but you know interesting uh i mean part of me was hoping for a scene at the theater where he's like he, he's doing the marty mcfly up in the rafters trying to get to the yeah, president i was i was <laughs> hoping to see some lincoln yeah yeah. I wanted to see the but hat. Here's the thing: we've already had Lincoln. We had Lincoln in season one. Remember, he was like that angel type character who showed up to talk to the trumpet player. Yeah, you're right. He did look like Lincoln. I'm pretty sure he was Lincoln. I think he was meant was to be he Lincoln. Really? In my in my memory, he was supposed to be Lincoln, but I don't know if I'm just making that up now. Because the he, trumpet player. Yeah, I think he. Oh, that was the episode he showed up. Right, he showed up and talked to the trumpet player, gave him advice. Huh? Because it was basically don't give up and die. <laughs> I don't know. That was like 65 episodes ago. <laughs> That's a fair point, but I, I, I do I do recall a Lincoln-esque figure. I remember I liked I enjoyed the trumpet music in it because I thought actually oh the trumpet player sounds pretty good. Hmm. And it was a it was like a really stylistic one, right? Because he was always in like scaffolds or yeah. Honestly, there's so many episodes, and the fact that we've already forgotten what that episode was means that when we finish the the show, we could just go back to the start and do it again. And... We can do it again. <laughs> Everybody waiting on those '80s episodes are gonna be really disappointed. Nah, nah, we'll go to the A's. We'll do the A's once. We even, maybe we'll even slot in outer limits in between or night gallery. We'll you know, shake it up. I, I think yeah, I think night gallery is expected. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I think people want Outer Limits as well. I've, I've seen some requests for Outer Limits. Uh, I, I watched a lot of the 90s one. I don't think I've ever seen the original Outer Limits series. I mean, we actually get requests for sci-fi shows that aren't even anthologies, which is weird because we're not established that we do those. But, <laughs> I mean... No. There, there was talk of doing one for a little bit, uh, but I didn't like the show that much. Uh-huh. <laughs> yes. Yeah, the episode's enjoyable. Uh, it was basically what we were getting at. It was an enjoyable episode. Yeah, it's fun. Enjoyable, nothing noteworthy. Uh, but the you know the lead actors, I, I, obviously, I, I think I wish they did a bit more with it. But I guess that's partly why it feels like time after time, because time after time left me with a very similar feeling of like, oh, it was fun, but I wish they did more with it. Yeah, yeah. I like that movie. I know you did. We reviewed it on the Atomic Cinema Experiment. Check it out. Yeah. Uh, at the end, Rod Selling came in, of course, and talked about the next episode. And unfortunately, the videotape is making a return. <laughs> the next one your dreaded vi- videotape episode this little bit then looked like absolute shit and you know what i was actually remember last time we did one of these i was speculating this is the audio worse as well and it definitely is because mm-hmm. having just heard him do the the outro to the episode and then have had him like then do the videotape like you know tease for next week it was like no his voice sounds worse the audio was the worse bane as well. of your existence yeah it sucks anyway it's called These the whole truth episodes it's about a used car salesman uh, here's the description IMDb. A used car salesman buys a car that dooms him to tell only the truth. Ooh, that's, it's a liar liar. Uh, yeah, that sounds actually like potentially really fun. It does. Okay, okay. Hopefully this is good. Hopefully this is good. I'm hopeful. This pen is red. <laughs> I like that movie. <laughs> I remember liking it. I don't know if oh, it I haven't up. seen it since the theater, yeah. I don't think. I mean, I, I saw it a bunch of times at home, but I mean, I, the last time was probably in my early teens, <laughs> so it's been a long time. Yeah. Been early time. That's fine, we'll just start the uh, the comedy cinema experiment and we'll start doing old comedies, it's fine. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah, that was a joke, people. Don't expect a new show. <laughs> that was that was purely... Pu- purely I was adi- just going over my head, like, which ones we would start with. <laughs> Obviously, the Mystery Science Theatre movie is a must. <laughs> I guess that technically counts. Yes. The movie. It's in the title. Yes. Uh, no, hopefully we haven't done Mr. Science Theater in a while, actually. That's something we'll have to rectify. Uh, but anyway, uh, this has been Twilight Zone. Uh, that has been uh, back then. Yeah. So, oh. what? I thought you were going to say that's been Tara. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Even though I've literally never, ever done that before. In my head, you have. <laughs> So let us know what you think of the episode, the comments below, you can like and subscribe, all that stuff. It helps us out a lot if you do. As does, of course, go to patreon.com slash mailfuzztv, uh, where you can support us for as $1 per month. For as little as $1 per month is what I was meant to be. Uh, and you get uh, bonus episodes of various things, including our sci-fi movie podcast, the Atomic Cinema Experiment. At the $5 tier, you get early access to a bunch of stuff, including these Twilight Zone reviews. And uh, also at $1 now, you get a bonus already cancelled on Six Feet Under that me and Connor do. So uh, yeah, go and have a look, see if you're interested. Uh, all of it does help. And yeah. Uh, but anyway, that is us. So thank you once again for watching or listening. We always appreciate it. Keep watching TV, guys. In the Twilight Zone. <laughs>